Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Ioni. And hello to the listeners in particular. Hello to Grace, who left a lovely review saying, I love this podcast, super engaging and important conversations. Love heart. Thank you, Grace. Thanks, Grace. But for now, welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Polyester Online, in print and everywhere else. And I'm Olivia, the co-host, producer and editor of the podcast. We publish weekly episodes of The Sleepover Club one week and Obsessions the next. This week is the Obsessions episode where Olivia and I talk to a person we admire about something they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with how they generate their income. And next week it's the Sleepover Club where Ioni and I have all those gorge conversations you'd usually have at a sleepover with your girl mates. And it's lovely. Failed <laughs> off at the end there, could you tell? It is lovely. Um, lovely. But today is not a sleepover club, today is Obsessions. So, And also before we get started, thank you for all of your lovely feedback on last week's episode with Tavi. We've had loads of messages and people tagging us and stuff and all of that kind of stuff, which was very cute. We also got yeah. included in someone's newsletter. Which was gorgeous. It's so yeah, nice. So nice. Especially when you're talking about self-care because obviously the episode was really nice, but sometimes when you talk about self-care, you're like, I just want everyone to be okay and I don't know how. And uh. yeah, So it was really nice to hear some nice feedback and, and be nice that week, do you know what I mean? Yeah, defo. So what have we got today, Olivia? Today we have Julia Armfield, which was a recommendation of mine because she, not last year, the year before, published in hardback a collection of short stories called Salt Slow. Um, and I love short stories, of course. And I am obsessed with sleep. And she wrote a great short story called The Great Awake. But I don't want to do any spoilers, but um, it's like one of the best collection of short stories I've read ever. Yeah, everyone bloody loves it. Yeah, it's bloody brilliant. She's a great girl. And I've like bought it for so many people as a gift. It's I know now that it's out in paperback because I bought it for my friend's birthday. Um, and actually, oh, I've just got a new housemate and I bought it for her. Before That's she nice. moved in, I was like, you can't live with me. I wasn't really like, you can't live with me. <laughs> you are not allowed in this house unless yeah. you have read this book. And Julia is talking to us about shark movies. Yeah, which is just great. When you're like, oh yeah, we do obsessions. People have some interested obsessions. Shark movies, for example. Yeah, love it. Love it. The more niche ones are great. And plus also someone who feels like they've very much completed Netflix, Amazon Prime, Now TV, completed like a streaming like platform a, in the world. <laughs> it's good to get some new trash recommendations. Yeah, so here good. is the interview. Hi. Hi, Julia. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good. You know, as good as I think any of us can actually be in this situation right now. But, you know, just you know, keeping awake <laughs> is the main thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not taking three naps a day is the best we exactly. can do in these circumstances. So today, your obsession is shark movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So 
If you want to kind of like talk us through where this obsession began, I suppose. I couldn't necessarily tell you when it began, except that I remember very, very vividly when I was 12, seeing Jaws for the very first time at my friend's living room, it being entirely an inappropriate movie for a (laughs) 12-year-old. It wasn't even the whole movie. It was the bit where, like, right at the end when he gets bitten in half by a shark. Oh, my God. I just remember that imprinting on myself, on me, in a very, very, very disturbing way. Whereby I was like, oh, that's horrifying. And then, like, I have to go and watch the rest of the movie entirely. Why were you showing just a clip of it? Just because that was like the most horrible <laughs> bit. <laughs> no, it was um, it was just on TV, I think, at the time. But we turned it on and then sort of couldn't get up again because we were all slightly horrified, tiny children. But apparently that was actually the case. When Jaws actually came out, it was um, it was given like a ridiculously low rating. And so tons and tons of children at the time that it actually went out were just completely traumatized for a generation. <laughs> wow. But yeah, and so after that, I just I had to go and see the whole film immediately. And then it just became an ongoing problem throughout my life a problem so why would you describe (laughs) it as a problem (laughs) because every so often when you're trying to be like I'm a really serious person but also have you ever heard of this movie called ghost shark it's it's (laughs) wow I literally have never heard of Ghost Shark. It sounds amazing. You should really watch Ghost Shark. It has absolutely no redeeming features whatsoever, except that it's a ghost shark that can appear in like any body of water at all. So it appears in like a glass or in like a slip and slide. A glass? Yeah, and like eats a child. It's great. It's just so good. (laughs) So are you actually scared of sharks? No, I'm not at all, actually. It's terrible. My girlfriend is consistently like, when we see like something on a nature documentary or on news or something about like somebody talking about a dangerous shark, and I'll be like, he's just doing what he should be doing. He's very (laughs) misunderstood. So I think that's excellent. I would love to swim with a shark. Not, I say this as someone incredibly blasé who's never, ever met one, but, you know, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Izzy, who is our podcast assistant, who's here but silent on this call, was very insistent that we had to make sure we put across that sharks are not bad creatures. They're yeah. just deeply yeah. misunderstood. They are not bad dudes at all. They did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, uh, Julia, maybe you don't know if this is true or not maybe I should google it but I seem to remember someone telling me that you know in the the is it the first Jaws film where someone's like crawling on the beach yeah. or gets pulled in apparently the harness that they were wearing when they were filming it broke the person's ribs oh my god so they're actually screaming in terror god I shouldn't laugh it's Ione's face it's obviously not a funny thing oh, I can't remember that can't be Jaws 1 I'm trying to remember which one that is but that's that's horrendous I think the the ma- I love everything about the making of the of the original Jaws movie because the I'm, as I'm sure you have read because it gets it gets written over and over again the entire thing was a mess and they were like a hundred days over schedule and however many million pounds over budget because yeah. the fake shark was just not working at all. <laughs> but the whole thing then became like because the mechanical shark did not work. They had to do the the almost the entire thing became kind of about suggestion and about what you couldn't see and it became like this weird sort of almost like black and white horror movie in a different way because it was all entirely just what wasn't going on and I think it's a much stronger movie for that actually. Well that's always much more scary isn't it like I always find like monster films or horror films unless it's an actual person like I hate it when you're watching a horror film and then you finally see who it is or what it is inflicting the terror and it's like an absolutely weird monster that would never exist and you're just like... (laughs) 
Okay, great. <laughs> I think it's also that's that's the reason I think that people like shark movies quite a lot because they do they do such insane good business where like the Meg or like that one with Blake Lively or the one with Mandy Moore, all of which do like insane good business. And I think it's because people are scared of sharks. Like it's sort of you can't necessarily convince me that everybody is scared of a giant lizard or that they will necessarily like buy into a giant lizard, but most people are at yeah. least like, okay, sharks exist. And I just, I don't know, I think that's why they're so effective. It's also like your vision's completely clouded, isn't it? By, well, essentially water. <laughs> yeah. So like, you can't really know what's going on. It was a really bad movie that I've unfortunately watched upwards of about three times now um, recently with Kristen Stewart. <laughs> three times? <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was like, it had it had Kristen Stewart in it and it was called Underwater. And it's basically just about like monsters in the Mariana Trench and you cannot see anything. It's like the whole thing is like, okay, well, it's underwater, so it's dark. I'm like, yeah, that's fair, but you have to make a movie at the same time as attempting to be realistic. It's oh right. my god. Yeah. Kristen Stewart always disappoints me because I love her so much, but she always makes so many bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about myself. Like I love you so much, but you make so many bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're not playing like Princess Diana in a forthcoming movie the way that Kristen Stewart exactly. is. Exactly. That's the strangest piece of news I've ever. I love her. She's terrible. So as a connoisseur of shark films, what would you say mm -hmm. makes a good shark film? Like what are the beats you need to hit? Um, it's weird. Like this is this is a bit sad, but Stephen King says that like horror always has a slightly puritanical streak and i see that in good shark movies so much whereby it's always this like weird morality tale whereby like what you do on the shore becomes like it translates to what happens to you in the water and so i always it's, it's not that i necessarily like watching people getting punished but i love that <laughs> in a shark movie when it's always like you're in a tank somewhere and suddenly it turns out that actually you've been like sleeping with your best friend's husband and that's the reason that the shark is going to get you <laughs> and I just I always it's just like really bizarrely cathartic like it was really odd in the um in the original Jaws book which is no good at all the um Hooper who's the guy played by Richard Dreyfus, he has an affair with uh Chief Brody's wife and he eventually gets killed spoilers but the book is from the 70s whereas in the movie that doesn't happen because he doesn't have an affair mm. with the wife and it's just it's interesting the way things balance but yeah so aside from that morality tale really big shark Jason Statham helps <laughs> um and yeah I just I don't know I just love them they're so good have you seen um Sharknado I actually haven't, which makes me an absolute. It's like the I've seen one and two. That's all I'm saying. There's a chainsaw How, scene. What do you think? There's a chainsaw scene. Yeah, do you, do you know the 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 main premise for those who can't imagine what a sharknado is is that there's like a severe weather situation, <laughs> and the sharks end up in a tornado, and then they're like on land, but also they're like so you're they it's like a tornado film and a shark film at the same time. Yeah. Um, but how just, do the sharks survive? Uh, I, <laughs> That's a very good like point. There's like floods. Everywhere gets flooded. And so, but they also just like, the, they just come out of the tornado and just get people like midair. Wow. wow. <laughs> or people get taken into the tornado. And it's got like Tara yeah. Reid in it, right? Essentially, yeah. Love it. And a love story <laughs> between, from what I can remember, um, a girl who works in a beach house who's going for this guy who ends up being Tara Reed's ex-husband and then she's like oh no I'm actually not attracted to you I'm gonna go out with your son instead it's you know it's a, sun a film you'd watch on a Sunday with a hangover I'd say mm -hmm. okay well I'll watch that and you watch Ghost Shark yeah. and then we can get <laughs> yeah. her 
<laughs> so like would you consider kind of your obsession with shark films to be a guilty pleasure or do you just really earnestly love them Oh, I really earnestly love them, definitely. And I also, I would argue that you can't really consider liking Jaws a guilty pleasure because Jaws is legitimately mm-hmm. a good film. But it's it's very it's very specific, though. I'm not actually particularly interested in, I don't dislike monster movies, but like I don't really care about like crocodile movies or anything. So I don't know whether that necessarily makes it more or less of a guilty pleasure. It's just very myopic. I just like sharks. You just like sharks. <laughs> just like sharks. <laughs> but you have like... You've never sought out a real shark to meet. No, I mean, now everything feels, in lockdown, everything feels like, why didn't I do that beforehand? Like, when? <laughs> of all the shark. things, why didn't I swim with sharks? <laughs> no, Izzy was sending us, like, <laughs> Izzy got really into it. I was sending us, like, <laughs> clips of people swimming with sharks, like, without cages and stuff, and how they're actually just really cute, like, fish, catfish. catfish. <laughs> like, a catfish is an actual thing, isn't it? But I'm comparing the animal yes. to cat to fish shark oh yeah is, is a shark a fish yes okay great <laughs> i always get confused between like mammal a whale is not a fish but i was told that the um author or director of jaws i can't remember which one actually really regrets writing the book or making the film because of the reputation it's given sharks yeah. do you think like our fear of them has actually caused damage to the shark population in the real world how so heavy I am. As I was saying it, I was like, <laughs> I could see that. I was like, is she? Yep, yep, she's going for it. Yeah. There you go. Biggest question in the world. <laughs> I think, no, I think you're completely right. I definitely read that. I think it was Peter Benchley, the guy who wrote the novel. I think you're right. I think that's almost certainly the case because there was this enormous, because it also, Jaws like entirely redefined the summer blockbuster model and therefore more people saw that movie than like would ever have seen a shark movie before and I think it definitely like damaged reputation for a very very long time I would argue that there's been so many articles about how sharks are actually fine that it's probably coming back the other way but uh, yeah that's that's almost definitely true hey and on the other side of that is like free willy makes the killer whales seem like the soundest fish ever and they're just they just like brutally (laughs) kill seals all the time they're they're like (laughs) I think they're like I think they're like one of the only other animals apart from human beings that kill animal in like a sport kill I think they they kill animals in like a sport way like for sport or like they talk for fun I think that's yeah like yeah is it, no is it penguins they like toss around what whales yeah. It happens in Happy Feet, doesn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> Happy Feet. I cannot say I've watched Happy Feet in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming in with some 50% facts for this, uh, for this podcast here. Yeah. I was I was told there would be no whale reading, but this is yeah. good to know. Yeah, we've gone on a tangent. So how do other people kind of react to your obsession? Like, do you find it's one that's often shared or do people kind of, are they weirded out by it? Like, what's that kind of reaction? It's, it's very odd. My, uh, me and my girlfriend and our friends, we have this theory that there's like, a shark member of the couple and a non-shark member of the couple and this is probably just based on our extremely limited group of friends but in all of like our couple friends there seems to be one person who's like really into shark movies and the other person is like fine um oh. and that's that's <laughs> that's borne out by what i know but then again i've got like nine friends so i wouldn't actually go on the basis of that no this is extremely legitimate yeah. my partner is obsessed with sharks 
Wow. Right? It's definitely a thing. And like everyone I know, yeah, there's always one one that is obsessed with sharks. But I find it with people that are obsessed with sharks, so I'm not putting this on you, but people that are obsessed with <laughs> shark films often feel like they're the only person obsessed with shark films in the world. Why do you think this is? Is it because oh. they're so universally like considered to be not great apart from Jaws? I think it's the guilty pleasure thing though, isn't it? You're totally right. Like it's very much sort of like, oh yeah, well I'm really into this movie in which like Mandy Moore goes in a diving cage, but I'm obviously like, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so incredibly strange and like hipster for that. Whereas actually I think you're not that special. Like people like, like to go and see movies in which people in the water get bitten. I don't think that's, I don't think it's special. You're not (laughs) not special. (laughs) not special. (laughs) My um, I wonder whether it's something to do with like I don't. I'm like very conscious of not making this too psychological, <laughs> but how like nostalgias maybe like I basically went to New York a few years ago with my friend Becky, and you know the like the flights longer. I think we got it when we needed to sleep or something, and we were all just like, oh, just put some trash on like a kids' film, and she put Jaws on to like <laughs> help her relax into a sleep. And at one point, I was looking, and she was just sleeping through like a brutal murder by a shark and I was just like fuck's sake Becky like and she was just like yeah cool whatever and I was like it is maybe it's because like you watch it when you're younger I don't know yeah I think that's very true and I think also that it's it's not quite the same thing but I feel like making an enormous generalization shark movies or like good shark movies are always about the summer and always about like something being because they all, they all come out in the summer as well and they're all about like expectations and like like it's, it's it's almost like the kind of the main thing that horror movies on some level are always about like people being like excited about a holiday or excited about a new house or excited about like a cabin in the woods and then something happens and I think that that's why like shark movies sort of encapsulate so much of what people like about horror movies full stop anyway which is like something coming up from underneath to ruin the thing you were excited about and I don't necessarily think that's why people like them but I think that's why people who like horror very very often like shark movies I also think there must be something about it that is kind of that detachment from reality because realistically you're not going to get attacked by a shark in your life no and I feel like especially over lockdown you know I tried the whole like watch contagion thing oh god it wasn't even just that it was like even when I found myself watching normal things of people like going to parties I'd feel freaked out that people were that close to each other Mm. so you kind of do need something that is fully detached from anything you could experience to be able to immerse yourself in it during this unprecedented time I suppose (laughs) (laughs) no I think that's really true and also it's just they're so enjoyable just on the basis of like so people like again I hate to keep harping on about Jaws when there are so many great shark movies (laughs) but like people are like Jaws is about people have claimed it's like about Watergate or like about the bomb or about like queer invasion or about masculinity or whatever and all of that is completely legitimate but also a shark movie can just be about a shark <laughs> and I think that that it can be just very enjoyable just on that basic level as something you're right that you will never experience and it's it's so easy to just enjoy it on that level too yeah it's like you can find meaning in whatever you want to find meaning from if you get me mm-hmm. I think that is a totally valid thing to do and do do you think your like consumption of them is a bit different in lot like in this time basically I watched a I really like Jim Jarmusch films because they're like so slow and sometimes I just watch them and I'm like and I watched one in lockdown and I was like no this is just too much like real life now like I just was like oh god it's not even like painfully slow it's like painfully normal this is so true I find we've been watching so much like enjoyable 
trash in lockdown. We watched Con Air the other day. We watched Face Off and all of this stuff, which is just so heightened and insane and fast and stupid because I, I just, I have not, I can't watch gritty realism at the moment. It would just, it's too much. It's completely too much. So would you ever bring sharks into your work? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes I already have I wrote um I wrote a story uh which was published in Granta I think last year um about um basking sharks and uh two girls who are in love with each other and I have written a lot about like I like writing about the sea and I like writing about underwater and things like that so it's it's a preoccupation that definitely keeps coming back in the things that I write yeah I did think that about that the sorry it was last year so I can't remember the name of the story but the one that's based on water that's like terrifying. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that just because I, I find it bizarrely so easy to write in an, an ocean setting. I just, it's the kind of description that I love to do and the kind of specificity I love and just like naming things and knowing what things are and what would actually be in this like made up area of the water. And I, yeah, I just, I really enjoy it. Have you spent a lot of time by the sea or like? Not really. No, I don't. I, <laughs> maybe that's why I like it. No. We used to, I used to go to Cornwall a lot when I was a child and that was always kind of my favourite thing. And it's always that thing as well where like, I've never been to Martha's Vineyard where Jaws is set, but at the same time you kind of read that onto your own experiences of the sea wherever you've been. So like Cornwall for me was always that. It was always the same thing in my mind. And um, yeah, I just, I love the sea there. Yeah, I feel like I have a weird relationship with the beach because I grew up in Brighton. So um, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> like everyone's always weirded <laughs> out when they're like, oh my God, it must have been amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, it was fine. Like I don't miss the sea at all. <laughs> I don't know why. That's so true though. Don't you, you always like romanticize the thing that you're not really that familiar with, don't you? Like I've always been in sort of London area and so I'm like, oh the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so whimsical and gorgeous, and then you get to Brighton yep. Beach, it's just like full of piss. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as soon as we like now I'm like, whoa, sharks, there's so much uh water shark references. Um do you remember that advert? I was definitely in primary school because I remember playing football with someone and they were singing it as we were like uh, tackling each other. <laughs> Somehow I managed to bring this back to football. Don't know how. <laughs> but um, that song, and it had that song True Colours on it. And it was like two kids that were swimming. And I think like one got bit by a shark. What? And an like advert? A... <laughs> what was it an advert for? <laughs> I'm like, was it an advert? I, part of me feels like it definitely wasn't, but it feels like it could have been an Enrique Iglesias music video. You know, what? you're just like... <laughs> what, for true colours? I don't think yeah, you like, sung that song. <laughs> it was just, no, it, it's just like, it's similar to that, you know, the one where he dies at the end. No, <laughs> I'm not familiar. <laughs> video. Am I like... <laughs> the one where I can be your hero. Right. He's yeah. like on the floor in the rain at the end. It's a similar... But anyway, kids are surfing... I think a girl's maybe it's it's a very hetero advert. Yeah. A girl's like there's a shark coming. The little boy like goes no, and then you think maybe like something bad happened, and then at the end they're together, and he like takes his top off, and he's got like a big shark bite. And they're children. Like how old yeah. are they? <laughs> like nine, but then they're grown up to the end. I think it's like a love story. Maybe it was for like a male. Olivia, have you made this up? <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's definitely. It is like it was a thing at the time that basically. A boy saves a girl from a shark and then at the end they're together and he's grown up very handsome with a shark bite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to look this up. <laughs> yeah, what was your point with this, Olivia? Oh, well, I just, well, there's obviously nowhere to go with it because no one's seen it bar me. Do you know what I mean? 
I just wonder whether you were like, yeah, it made me like really think this, this, and this in my childhood, but no, I'm afraid <laughs> didn't feel a thing. The only, the only uh, adverts from being a kid that I remember having water in was the Sainsbury's one with tubular bells over the top of it, and it was just like waves. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Not you don't remember like the Jean Paul Gaultier adverts? They were very water based. No. I just not. I just don't have that consumerist, you know, chip in my head that's making me remember <laughs> all these. Well, it obviously adverts. wasn't a good advert because I can remember the song and the action, but not the product. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I, I reckon you've made this up. I'm going to look it up For, straight I away. I 100% had it was to True Colors. I'm going to Google it now. I'm literally Googling <laughs> okay. now. True Colors Shark Attack Abra. Well, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta get videos of like real real shark attacks and they're playing true colours over the top. Oh yeah, god. I think I found it, you know. Oh, can you Yeah, oh my god, I found it! Yeah! Can put it in the put it in the chat. Obviously I'll cut this bit out or whatever. I haven't found the vi- I haven't found the video, but it's a Peugeot. It's for Peugeot. Yeah, it's a great advert where a young boy swims in front of a girl to protect her from a shark at the beginning of the ad. As part of the ad, we see also see a guy give his shoes to a homeless man, and also a huge guy stroking a kitten at the end. <laughs> Olivia, have you written this? <laughs> Kept out the best bits there by the sounds of it. That's not a thing. I can't. But wait, oh, some someone's putting the advert. Someone sent the oh advert. Oh my god, Let's this hope- has gone so mad that it's just pouring down with rain. Oh outside. no, video like- unavailable. Damn it, oh. we'll never know. <laughs> Wait, Peugeot 406 of uh, true, <laughs> true colours. All right, I think I found it. Maybe. Let's see. It might not be the right one because it doesn't really Can look... you share your screen? Yeah, this well, is getting a bit well. bad now. can only apologise to you. Okay, yeah, it's I the am... right one. <laughs> um, I... How present now? This is so... I can't believe this is happening. But at the same time, I completely can. I'm delighted. Let's do oh my god! Full screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a shock. Oh, this is really great quality. <laughs> Me, like, I definitely need a Peugeot after this. We get the idea. It's a great advert, and everyone wants a Peugeot now. <laughs> <laughs> Just bought it back. I want to see the shark bite bit. Oh, there he is! Wow! Oh, there he is. oh my god! You know who you are. You know who you are. A shark. <laughs> wow, I can't believe they ended up together. That should be a film in it, in and of itself. <laughs> wow. I'm really glad we dig that up from your memory vault. Yeah, I haven't thought about that in years. I can remember so vividly the lad, Mark Bannister, who I ended up moving in with at university, playing football with me, singing that song when we were in primary school, being like, <laughs> and I see your truth. And I was just, like trying to get the ball off him or whatever. <laughs> all right oh, back on track so <laughs> julia if someone yeah. has never seen a shark film aside from jaws what would your three mm-hmm. recommendations be and why okay um it's not actually a great film but deep blue sea is so good because it's it's basically it's one of those ones when it's like oh we went too far with science um because i've been experimenting on sharks to like try and cure alzheimer's disease and so they've made them super smart oh my god wow. and i don't know why they thought that making sharks super smart would be a great idea but <laughs> it progresses as you would expect from that and maybe everybody i've ever met says it's terrible and it is terrible but the Meg starring Jason Statham, who has the same birthday as me, important Whoa. information. 
<laughs> is it's just it's just everything you want from a terrible terrible blockbuster about a really really giant prehistoric shark there is nothing interesting it is doing with the genre whatsoever but it's just it's just it's just so stupid and i love it and also maybe the shallows which is the blake lively one which is really good and very very tense actually and maybe 47 meters down um but i have not watched sharknado so who knows whether (laughs) throw the whole list off (laughs) (laughs) that was so great that was so great I had this like great desire from like a production perspective of layering the advert music over the podcast, but I realised that the advert the podcast would just get taken down for copyright, so sorry about that, but Oh yeah. Maybe we can put a link to it in um Oh yeah. The episode notes. I forgot to ask you before the interview, what is your obsession this week? Honestly, right. Um, my friend's mum was outside in the courtyard so I popped my head out I am, how are you? and we were just talking about books and she said like I've been rereading books now that I read 10 years ago and I'm reading them totally differently mm. and I'm like oh my god yeah that's so interesting but more so is that I've really gone mad for Arlo Parks mm. and I'd heard their music before but now for some reason I'm like oh this is exactly what I want to listen to and I'm just kind of I'm obsessed with how Stuff's just right at the right time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What's yours, babe? Hmm, my new bed. Yeah! And that's that on that. I don't know if I have anything interesting to chat about this week. Oh, last night we did our, like, agony aunt session on the dollhouse with Angel Rose, which was about putting your beliefs into your creative work, whether it's your moral beliefs, political beliefs, even spiritual beliefs. And I just thought it was a really, really great talk it's basically like going to a uni course that you actually enjoy and learn stuff from so we recorded it and it'll be up on the dollhouse as like a youtube watch soon but like there was so much conversation about yeah like different ways of being political in your work but then also if you can even be political when like the art industry is like obviously corrupt and like capitalism and like the like complete institution so like how much you can work against the institution while also trying to make your way within it and stuff just top-notch content yeah top-notch also almost to the point where being political in a capitalist which everything is capitalist but if you're political under capitalism then you're just part of the capitalist ideal of like furthering capitalism well yeah though she put a Grayson Perry quote in the talk which I know he's trash as well but so I think he, I like his writing, but yeah, his recent comments about COVID were awful. But it was like, it was something like the more you rebel, the more like capitalist you can, like the more the art world can use you, basically. Like the more you try to yeah. rebel, the more they'll love you. But yeah. Yeah, that's heavy, that, isn't it? But yeah, next week we will be back with Sleepover Club where you can hear more of our musings on capitalism and its failings and its trappings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely thank you Olivia thank you Ione 
Thank you to my cat Nancy has been purring on my lap for this whole uh, recording. So sorry if you can hear him, but also it's a gift. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Julia again for joining us. And thank you to Gina and Gina and Carlin and Clarissa and Jacob and Charlotte and Hattie and Camille. We'll see you next week. See you next Bye. week, babe. Bye. Bye.